Welcome to the Saturday edition of the Merriman Market Analyst and Fun Astrology Financial Podcast. This week, we're reading the free weekly column for the week beginning September 18th. Hi, I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks so much for joining us. Boy, what a climax to the end of the week. Let's jump right in. First of all, the first article from foxbusiness.com. The United Auto Workers officially went on strike against the big three Detroit automakers early Friday, potentially imperiling an already fragile U.S. economy. An extended work stoppage risks causing billions in damage to the economy. Still, the strikes are limited in scope as far as the UAW seeks to preserve its $825 million strike fund, which would support a walkout for about 11 weeks by the 146,000 union members. And then this, from Kevin Costner as John Dutton in Yellowstone Series 3 from Paramount Pictures. It's the one constant in life, he says. If you build something worth having, someone's going to try to take it. Now, Ray's commentary for this week. Last week's new moon in the working sign of Virgo, as its ruler Mercury ended its retrograde cycle, bringing us a huge automotive labor strike by the UAW. Yet, in spite of this critical work stoppage, the major stock indices of the world performed rather well after a slow start. In Asia and the Pacific Rim, the Australian ASX, Hong Kong's Hang Seng, and Japan's Nikkei indices all made secondary lows to the primary cycle on Monday, September 11th. But each also rallied smartly into the end of the week. China was an exception, as it was flat for most of the week. India's Nifty Index, on the other hand, was the global star as it surged to new all-time high last week following its successful hosting of the recent G20 summit. India has now established itself as the new world's darling of economic progress. In Europe, the Netherlands AEX, the German DAX, and the Zurich SMI indices all pulled back into secondary lows on Wednesday, September 13th, then exhibited nice gains into Friday. London's FTSE index did not follow the same course. It was strong all week, rising to its highest level since May on Friday. In the Americas, Brazil's Bovespa index was stellar, rising smartly into Friday after secondary lows the prior week. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, the S&P 500, and the NASDAQ all followed a similar course. That is, they made secondary lows the prior week, September 6th through 8th, then rallied into Thursday-Friday but to new cycle highs. Each then fell into Friday. Although world equity markets were mostly positive last week, they were not very exciting except in the case of India and Brazil. That could change this week. We'll talk about that in the next section. In other markets, gold and silver were weak into Thursday, September 14th. However, each rallied smartly on Friday. Mars in Libra, from August 27th through October 12th, is typically a time when metals are lackluster, but equities are bullish. Bitcoin and Ethereum were interesting as each plummeted to new multi-month lows on September 11th, but then staged a somewhat impressive rally after that. But the real star last week was crude oil, which soared to over $90 a barrel for the first time this year. The U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserves are still down nearly 21% from a year ago, 
which means President Biden did not fill up those reserves he sold the prior year, as he indicated he would when prices dropped to $62 to $67 earlier this year. Now it would cost about 50% more to do so at today's prices. Now the short-term geocosmics and longer-term thoughts, a quote from the Wall Street Journal, co-authored by Phil Graham and entitled, Trump's Trade War Was a Loser. Tariffs destroyed jobs in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin and made all Americans worse off. Quoting, Trade wars, like all wars, empower government as plowshares are beaten into swords. The first casualty of a trade war is economic freedom. The second is prosperity. And then this quote from Peggy Noonan, also in the journal, Biden can't resist the river of power. Even though he's under increased scrutiny as a teller of untruths, Mr. Biden unleashed a whopper this week on 9-11, after the morning's commemorations, when he claimed in a speech that he had rushed to ground zero the day after the attack. He hadn't, and the White House quietly admitted as much. He visited the site with a congressional delegation on September 20, 2001. It's possible Mr. Biden has been telling these stories so long he's become convinced they're true. The disturbing consideration is that while repeated lying is a characterological fault, not knowing you're lying might suggest a neurological one. End quote. Ray says last week was a new moon in Virgo, and typical of heightened Virgo energies, it's more challenging than usual not to be a skeptic or critic of everything. But also typical of a new moon, stock markets are generally positive as they were on Thursday, September 14th, the exact date of one. Last week also ended with the conclusion of this current Mercury retrograde cycle, otherwise known as the trickster. So there was a big rally in several stock markets during the new moon as the Dow Jones Industrial Average soared over 300 points. But Friday, the day Mercury ended its retrograde motion, there was a big down day as the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost nearly 300 points. This is how the trickster often behaves. First a buy signal, then a sudden reversal to a sell signal. One fake out after another. But the final result is often net zero. But next week may be different. This week finds the Sun trying the disruptive Uranus, while Venus squares the exaggerated Jupiter. This is followed by the Sun-Neptune opposition on September 19th and the Sun-Pluto trine on September 21st. Of these, Sun-Neptune is the most important in our work. It's considered a level one signature, the most consistent of correlations to major reversals in stock indices, usually within one to four trading days. Neptune is also the co-ruler of crude oil, along with Jupiter. And since both are highlighted this week, we need to be alert to a possible pullback in crude oil prices, which just surged to their highest levels of this year. Even though markets look more exciting next week, it all appears to be a setup for some really major fireworks in financial markets to take place after Mars enters Scorpio on October 12th and maybe one week before it squares the lunar nodes and Pluto, lasting through November 24th. Summer will end next week, September 23rd, and it will be a time to get back to work, unless you work for a major automobile company, and start looking closely at developing trade plans for October and November, 
This is when we see the most exceptional trading opportunities arising for the remainder of this year. With Mars in Scorpio looming, it's also the time when we anticipate the ongoing political dramas will yield some explosive revelations. This is not the time to be caught in a lie. If you are, it may be the end of that relationship and the privileges it affords you. There is no mercy for dishonesty when Mars is in Scorpio. And that's this week's newsletter. The only thing I would tag on there is a mention of the two eclipses ahead of us. The first one, the annular solar eclipse that will be in Libra. That's October 14th. And then the partial lunar eclipse, October 28th, that in Taurus. Both air signs, both ruled by Venus, both attributing to money. And both having a potential lasting tail of up to around six months. Boy, this fall, whatever happens, is shaping up to be one for the books, is it not? Thanks, Ray, for the article this week. We'll see you guys tomorrow night on Level Up and then back here on Monday. I did an interview with Steve Forrest, too, by the way, yesterday on Friday, just as Mercury was turning direct. So it's a good one. And that will air next Sunday on the Fun Astrology Podcast. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you back around here in the next couple of days. Thank you.